It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. It's rare to find a gift that you know everyone on your list will love. That's what you get with an incredibly soft blanket from Minky Couture. With hundreds of different styles and sizes of Minky Couture blankets, you'll find a gift that they are sure to love every single day of the year. Shop the best deals of the season at MinkyCouture.com. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am LJ LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? LJ, doing good. Uh, we're in grind season here at Syracuse. Uh, it's midterm week, but uh, regardless of that, of course, uh, we still have a lot of baseball to talk about. Playoff baseball, best time of the year. Uh, LJ, you're certainly very happy as the Red Sox pick up a huge series win against the Rays. I did a little recap on the show yesterday, but LJ, to start off today's show, I would uh, love to hear your reaction to that game last night. Look, great game. Um, Lots of fun. Of course, look, I had told... um, and I'm actually thankful to be doing this um, now rather than last night because I had gone. I just went on to the Big Three radio show mm. at WLAS today and talked about it all. So I've kind of got um, my thoughts already all collected. But I mean, first off, to say we've been waiting for a gem from Eddie Rodriguez all year, and. I'm glad it came here. This is this is the best spot that it possibly could have come in in the ALDS in a game against a team like Tampa, who is so good. Other than that, um, I believe, yeah, it's 12 hits, 15 hits, and then... 20 hits 20 in the hits. game prior to that. So if I'm correct, that comes out to something like 14 hits a game? For the, for the three wins, yes. That's ridiculous. It absolutely is. And uh, look, for you guys to jump all over Shane McClanahan in the third inning, I thought was awesome. I thought it was such a stupid move by the Rays. Uh, I went into a little bit of depth as to my reaction to the Rays move. I mean, it's clear that they were just following a script. uh, and And if I can cut you off there, Brandon, that I think is the difference in this series. Exactly. You've got the Rays who ran entirely according to a predetermined script did not want to alter from that plan and then you had the Red Sox managing one game at a time that's why Kevin Cash got flat out outmanaged he doesn't usually get outmanaged during the regular season but that there's no different there's no difference between regular season management and postseason management for this team and that's what really hurts them 
in terms of other ideas that they could have had that would have been a million times better. Um, let's start with the fact that uh, Colin McHugh, wrong, the dude's been a uh, starter up until this year. I find it very shocking, even if he hasn't been stretched out, that if you asked him, he couldn't have given you at least one, one more time through the order. He threw 18 yeah. pitches. Yeah. He was dealing. Uh, LJ, my, you know, my old thing is just like, it's as almost if baseball is a reactionary sport. Who would have thought, LJ? I, I mean, who would have thought that playoff baseball, you need to react to what's happening on the field. And when you take every human element out of the game and you just say runs are runs and outs are outs, which is a disgusting quote just to even think about in terms of someone who's played baseball, it, to, to, to think that there's no mental element, there's no pressure, there's no leverage is a joke. And I think it goes to show, LJ, these purely analytic run teams have consistently failed in the postseason. And let's not forget how the Rays lose the World Series last year. Of course, everyone knows that story. And here, here you go once again. And one of the big moves, even, you know, so so Shane McClanahan does get shelled. And look, Red Sox offense is, has been amazing the whole series. I can't fault them for that. You guys hit the crap out of the ball. Did they ever think about maybe uh, – I don't know when Travis Shaw gets the defensive in, indifference to go to second, maybe walking the hottest hitter, as LJ said, the best baseball player on the planet right now in Kike Hernandez, at least that's what you said two days ago, right? Maybe yep. intentionally walking him to load the bases with one out to try to set up a double play. And sure, I understand it's Rafael Devers up next, but the the run on third is the only one that matters in that situation. So I, I just, that was baffling to me that they didn't even think about it. And here's another, um, going back to the early game, another thing that really should be considered here, Shane McClanahan probably shouldn't have put, been put in this situation. First time in his career that he's pitched on three days rest. Also, this is the only guy who's gone a regular starters amount of innings for your team this postseason so you're going to make the only guy who's done that workload come in there meanwhile Luis Patino who you've brought up as a starter and is now pitching in the bullpen for the playoffs that's one thing but you have him go out there and throw 11 pitches over an inning and two-thirds on um there was that Sunday 11 pitches for a relief performance is not much that is barely an inning for most, most pitchers work. You're telling me he couldn't have come in for at least once through the order after McHugh? Would LJ, outs or outs? Would he not have been the freshest arm? Starters and relievers are just words to them. It, it, it does not mean a thing, and it's, it really pisses me off to see them. Because, look, that script, that pre-planned garbage, works in May. It works in July. works in September. When you get to October baseball, the entire complex of the game changes and you need to react to what's going on on the field. That's why Alex Cora ran laps around this Tampa Bay uh, 
team with his moves. And look, sure, you get the blowout win in one of those games, but that extra innings game, Cora was managing to win that game, and you figure it out then. You manage to win the game you're playing. And to try to, like, set it up so that you can potentially get to a game five to save guys for them, it is – I just never been a fan of that whole strategy, and that's what they were trying to do with Colin McHugh. Well, um, yeah, not only to mention that, but just, you know, there was a lack of sight – Tampa's sites were not set on the series ahead of them ever. Uh, Brandon, I'm not sure if you saw the report that they had, they had gone into efforts to make sure that champagne was secured for them by game three of this series in Boston. They were fully. It was almost as if Toronto, who they killed uh, in the regular season, as if they weren't focused down the stretch. It's almost as if these teams are focused on something else maybe their play on the field is affected by it. Just a thought. Just a thought. It's, you know, it's, it's too bad. Also, um, shout out to Rafael Devers. Look, we've been talking about him not looking great, and he still hasn't looked great. Still ends up with a 1.067 OPS in this series. Those are fantastic numbers, especially for having limitations. Brandon, I'm kind of scared to see what it's going to look like when he's had all of the rest he's going to get this week. Yeah. Uh, this Red Sox uh, Astros ALCS is certainly going to be something, but let's get into that Astros game Astros White Sox today game four and the Astros come out a little bit slow here they allow a home run to gavin sheets in the bottom of the second inning the white Sox take a 1-0 lead they got their guy carlos rodon on the mound who had been kind of dealing with a bit of a dead arm that's why we didn't see him in any of the first three games of the series but lance mccullers after that home run really settles in and he gets support from this Astros offense. He gets a Carlos Correa double down the left field line that scores two in the top of the third. And then in the top of the fourth, Maltin Maldonado with an RBI single and an Alex Bregman two RBI double makes it five to one. And that allows Lance McCullers to settle in four innings, one earned he goes. And from then on, it was just smooth sailing for the Astros. Uh, they're able to pile on runs late, but uh, 14 hits in this one looked dominant. Uh, it was never really a question to me uh, that the Astros were going to win this game after they went up five to one. And I know it was in Chicago, but you could just tell that once Rodon got chased out of that game, it was pretty much over from there. Do we want to talk a little bit about this controversy with the whole Ryan Tapera comments from a few days ago and then the intentionally hit batters today. I mean, that was, I don't think that any of that should be in playoff baseball. Uh, no, there's no point. There's no point to it. It's also, um, again, players not having their sights focused on baseball is I think the theme of the day here because what was Ryan Tapera even doing making these claims in the middle of a playoff series? Like, just win the games. That's what yeah. it's about. I but believe that being, Ryan Tapera, it was like he said that, 
oh, they had a lot of swings and misses tonight and look at where the game is being played or something smart like that. And then a Dusty Baker comes out and says, I've never heard of this guy. Uh, LJ, he clearly didn't take a look at the 2020 NL MVP race where Ryan Tapera finished 18th because he accidentally got a vote <laughs> from somebody. Uh, no, but besides that, you know, uh, Carlos Correa, the one time I'm going to agree with this dude, he said in the post game after they clinch and advance the ALCS, he said, you know, I don't know if Ryan Tapera did his research, but we had the highest road OPS out of every team in the league this year. So, you know, just bad claims with no facts behind it and not focused on baseball. Who even got hit with the first pitch on the Astros? Was that Altuve who got plunked? I think it was Altuve who got hit and then Jose Abreu got hit. And then they uh, both, both a dugouts exchanged words. Tony LaRusso thought it was intentional. I mean, dude, come on. Like, aren't we over this? It's, you know, I don't really have much to say about it other than that's it, the White Sox crash and burn in their home ballpark, lose 10 to one. I mean, those last few runs, Jose Altuve hits a three run homer in the top of the ninth to officially send everyone packing there. And uh, yeah, LJ, this Astros white or this Astros Red Sox ALCS is going to be a fantastic one. Astros fifth straight year in the CS and I can't wait. Yeah, one more quick note on the Sox before we go to uh, Red Sox and the Astros. Ryan Tapera, real quick, just take some time to appreciate three games in this CS. Yes, three games in this CS, four and two-thirds, one earned. And that, that was today, yeah. That's, that's a heck of a week. And yeah. even, even through all the shit talking – he 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 did back up his play. Yeah, that's a lot of usage. And at the end of the day, I mean, you're right. It felt as soon as things went south for Carlos Rodon, everything was taken out of that team. And it's kind of unfair because you can tell the White Sox put all of their eggs in the uh, – all their chips in the Carlos Rodon basket. And that is an unfair expectation for a guy – who hasn't pitched in what was it three weeks now? Between yeah, so he's so, like, like been. He was obviously not right. He oh was yeah. Not well. Yeah. And he was doing it anyways. So. But yeah, this uh, Astros Red Sox, look, this could be a really good series, a really interesting one, because again, I will say, I don't necessarily trust this Houston pitching staff that much. Like they're very good, they're very talented, but if you're genuinely going to ask me to um, pick them to definitively win the series and to definitively pitch well throughout an entire series, they're just too young, too inexperienced for me to guarantee you that. And so when you're going up against this high level in offense, I think this is going to be a lot of high scoring games. Yeah. You know, you can say the exact same thing about the Red Sox pitching staff too. I mean, there's two games in this series where, I mean, the, the Rays scored five runs, six runs, four runs, five runs. They, the, the Red Sox never really had a shutdown performance. It was their offense that carried them to these wins. And the Astros, 
Uh, you're right. Their their pitching staff is shaky, and uh, what they're doing with Zach Granke out of the bullpen is cool, I guess. Uh, I'm interested to see how he gets used in this CS. Uh, game one is on Friday. We finally get games back on Fox, which will be very nice. No more TBS. Actually, I'm sorry. The whole NLCS is on TBS. So no more miles per hour strike zone for those games. But yeah, you know, it's uh, I'm really excited. The games are going to be great. Uh, As a Yankees fan, this is the worst possible outcome of the two teams. But LJ, can we talk about how you have picked a perfect American League bracket so far? perfect american league bracket brandon let's keep going other than the cardinals you have the entire national league correct yes absolutely now with the uh, next game we're going to be talking about here the uh, braves and the brewers we want to move into that yeah sure uh so it's charlie morton versus eric lauer for the brewers uh they pitched the first three innings scoreless. I thought we were getting a repeat of yesterday's game where Ian Anderson and Freddie Peralta were both dealing uh, through the first four innings. And in the top of the fourth is where the Brewers strike. Uh, Omar Narvaez with an RBI single to score one. Lorenzo Kane steps up behind him. He rips his own RBI single, and it is 2-0. Then in the bottom of that inning, the Braves come right back. Eddie Rosario rips a two RBI single and we are tied at two after four innings in the fifth rowdy Telez two run bomb his second homer of the series his second extremely impactful home run of the series puts the Brewers up four to two and we move into this bottom of the fifth which was just a crazy inning to watch so the Brewers bring in Aaron Ashby, who is one their top pitching prospect, at, uh, and he got called up at one point this year. He was pitching pretty well, but they bring him in. Uh, they, like, do a double switch here. He strikes out Freddie Freeman to start the inning, and then it goes downhill from there. Single by Ozzie Albies, walk to Austin Riley, hit by pitch to Adam Duvall. Uh, Jock Peterson then hits into a force out that is allows a run to score. They're only one out away here, and uh, it's four to three Brewers still. Unfortunately, Travis Darno, the next hitter, he rips a single into right to tie the game at four. Uh, and we would be tied at four up until the eighth inning. But LJ, do you have any comments on those first five innings where we ended up being deadlocked at four? No, this is just a really good game, I have to say. Um, the only thing I could do different if I was a manager is, um, Brandon, why was, was Corbin Burns just unavailable today? Yeah, he pitched in uh, – yeah, LJ, what do you mean? He, he pitched four days ago. You didn't hear there's a new rule in the playoffs where there is no more three-game rest or th- three-day rest anymore, especially in a do-or-die game. Especially in a do-or-die game, especially when you have so many days off for travel in the middle of the series. And you've got another guy who is a Cy Young caliber pitcher in Brandon Woodruff right behind him that it would be no shame to have going game five. Um, but no, let's, no, but Eric, no, let's, Eric let's use Woodruff today, LJ. Let's yeah, use Woodruff yeah, yeah. today. 
Eric, Eric Lauer, you did great. You did way better than you should have. Like you did, you did fine, but you shouldn't have been put in that position. Is I think with the the takeaway I have from this. How about Hawaskar Enoa, who's the one who gives up uh, those two runs for the the uh, Brewers in the top of the fifth? Weird to see him come out of the bullpen, his first appearance of the series, and LJ to use this guy for the first time in Game Four for a one inning stint out of the bullpen just seemed very strange to me. I mean, in all fairness, this is the exact group you want. You want Morton in game four. You want Freed in game five. Yeah. There's no other other place for this guy. The only thing I could have thought was they had been waiting on somebody to get shelled and then yeah. having to use him. But still, even with that being said, yeah, probably if he pitches better in that one inning, he goes longer. Well, it ends up not mattering as uh, we're scoreless through the sixth, seventh, and then in the top of the eighth, the Brewers were unable to do anything. We head to the bottom of the eighth where the Brewers call upon Joshua Hader, who has been absolutely filthy this season, has not allowed an earned run, uh, I believe, since... Let me see here. It's been a while. He didn't allow one in either appearance in the playoffs so far. LJ, he had not allowed an earned run dating back to July 28th. Yeah, Brandon, I think we're past the point of saying that this is this generation's greatest relief talent. Like, he he just is – he is everything. He is dominant. Well, in the bottom of the eighth, this generation's greatest relief talent faces one of the greatest left-handed hitters of our generation in Freddie Freeman. He takes him yard to center field. LJ, there's only one player in the MLB who is a lefty who's taken Josh Hader deep twice. His name is Frederick Freeman, uh, as Anthony Rizzo would call him, Frederick. Frederick? Frederick! Uh, Oh, I mean, the reaction in that stadium, LJ, I have not seen anything like that in a long time. Uh, what a, I mean, that is what playoff baseball is all about right there. And for Freddie Freeman to be the guy to step up, huge series overall. I mean, he has, uh, spoiler alert, Braves bring in Will Smith for the top of the ninth. He gets the save. I saw a lot of people being smart asses on Twitter and saying, you know, Will Smith did have more saves than Josh Hader in the regular season <laughs> and uh, saves all three wins that the Braves have in the series. But no, I mean, for it to be Freddie Freeman, the guy who basically has been the Atlanta Braves for the past however many years you want to go back uh, and for everything the Braves have battled through this year, Coming off his MVP season last year, and he goes three for five in this game with the absolute biggest hit of the series. Finishes with a 1.086 OPS. I mean, he's just such a fun hitter to watch, man. It, it is incredible to watch this guy and to take Hater deep, especially not with the left-on-left -left matchup. Uh, just such a special hitter. 
Absolutely. Look, this is, he is always going to be known as like the type of guy we grew up with. But the fact remains, he didn't really come into his own until maybe 2016. And then they started to really get good over these last couple of years. So he is, he is peaking later than a lot of guys do. Certainly a lot of the guys that we're seeing now are, and it's also happening to be at the perfect time for this team. Absolutely. And look, the Braves have earned themselves a trip back to the NLCS, where, of course, last year they blow a 3-1 lead to the Dodgers. And uh, we don't know exactly who they're going to be playing yet. We're recording this in the middle of Dodgers-Giants. But as of right now, the Dodgers are up 5-1 to one in the bottom of the sixth. We're going to get to that game in a minute but uh lj i did pick the brewers in this series uh just the pitching or their their offense didn't come through you're not going to win a a series where you score a combined two runs in the first three games of the series it's just not going to happen lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. No, it won't happen. And what it comes down to is they just do not have a guy on this team. Now, don't get me wrong. Willie Adamas has been fantastic for this team. It is without question that adding him and his vast improvement offensively this year helped shape the rally that was that kind of turned this whole offense around to being from being abysmal to being decent. But at the end of the day, just because he may be a, great player just because he may have had a much better offensive year even if he give, gets MVP votes this year that's not necessarily that doesn't necessarily mean he is the guy he's not Freddie Freeman Freddie Freeman can just make can make things happen there isn't anyone in this lineup you cannot tell me that can just make things happen he can't be the offense inspire the offense so without that it's no it's no wonder that they lost the series and isn't it crazy that you can't even bring up christian yelich's name in that conversation anymore which for a guy who finished first in mvp voting in 2018 second in mvp mvp voting in 2019 and had a much better season literally a hundred points higher ops in 2019 and to have just fallen off these last two years and look over his last two seasons he has had a 103 OPS plus, but that's 
3% above average. That's not what we're used to seeing out of a guy who has a long time left on his contract, was signed to be a superstar, just has not performed. And I, I don't know what it is, LJ. I love to see this guy be good because he is a, a extremely fun player to watch. He's only 29 years old. But with this contract, which moves up to $26 million a year starting next year, all the way through 2028, that exact number, uh, the Brewers have a real situation here on their hands where they could be overpaying this guy for a very long time. They probably will be because even if he does improve, even if his numbers do get back towards more normal, it may take a while for them to be him to be able to get that scare factor back to command respect from opposing pitching staffs. You can't tell me anyone is scared of Christian Yelich right now. No, and clearly Will Smith wasn't when he struck him out with a fastball right down the middle to end the Brewers season. No. Well, LJ, let's uh, actually, I wanted to get your thoughts on last night's Dodgers and Giants game real quick where one of our favorite players of our generation, Evan Longoria, hits the only drives in the only run of the game. And that is on a solo homer in the top of the fifth off of Max Scherzer. I guess a couple points here. First, uh, what a performance by Max Scherzer, seven innings, 10 strikeouts, one earned run. And he takes the loss. That's his first loss that he's taken with the Dodgers. Uh, I know it's a bad, you know, it's not the best stat to deal with pitchers, but Crazy that he had not taken a loss with the Dodgers up until that point. Secondly, uh, this Giants pitching staff is so legit. And you were right when you said back in May, I literally wrote down the exact date. You said the Giants will have a top five pitching staff this year. You're absolutely right with that. And Camilo Doval, this guy, what a performance. The two innings he pitches – he has to go through Trey Turner, Corey Seager, Justin Turner in the eighth. And then in the ninth has Chris Taylor, AJ Pollock and Gavin Lux, who very nearly hit a home run on that last play of the game. Just an incredible performance for a 24 year old guy that was called up in the middle of the season. LJ, the fact that he can pitch in such high leverage moments in Dodger stadium in a playoff game, this guy screams everything to be a shutdown back of the bullpen option for the next however many years because he's got a 100-mile-an-hour fastball and some nasty off-speed pitches. Yeah, you know, that's why as much as it's a great – it's the best jumping-off point we have, but most of these prospect ranking sheets cannot be taken as gospel in terms of a team's future because – or at least – Maybe not even the uh, rankings sheets, but the people covering them. Because it wasn't like Camila Duvall was ever really focused on, has ever been really focused on as a great pros- some great prospect for the team. Ever. And, like, that's the thing is, like, you're going to get st- random gems out of farm systems like Camila Duvall that – make it make things look a little better when you don't have that many prospects to rely on to rebuild a hundred percent and you know for a guy that 
you're right, wasn't very highly rated as a prospect. Uh, the playoffs is what matters the most. You know, you can look at all the regular season stats and how many games they pitched for you. What all that matters is what you're doing in the playoffs, how you're getting to the next round. And if that means turning the ball over to a 24-year-old who in the regular season only threw 27 innings, it's what you do. And, you know, love what the Giants are putting together here. Unfortunately, we'll jump into tonight's game. The Dodgers are up 5-1. to one. You figured that they would – that they were going to uh, not lose two games in a row at home uh, to go out to the Giants. Uh, but the story, uh, LJ, anything else before we get into tonight's game? Um, yeah, just to, to restate again, there is nothing more Max Scherzer could possibly have done for this game. Oh, yeah. Like, this is another, you know, we can argue whether or not he should have been pulled from that wild card game. It certainly does take a damper, put a damper on the legend that was his recent run of success in the postseason. But I think this helps set it back on the right track a lot to be able to put that up after having the struggles against St. Louis. Absolutely. Uh, I totally agree. Seven innings, 10 Ks. And other than the Longoria Homer, dude actually looked unstoppable. So, uh, Look, in tonight's game, we have Walker Bueller going for the Dodgers and Anthony DeSclafani for the Giants. Dodgers jump on DeSclafani in the bottom of the first. Trey Turner double into the right uh, into right field. That allows Corey Seager to score in the first. In the second, Chris Taylor with a sacrifice fly to make it 2-0 Dodgers. DeSclafani only ends up going an inning in two thirds. They only, they only let him go 28 pitches before they pull him. Uh, once again, LJ, is this a potential like trying to save him for game five or, or what? Do you just think that he just didn't have it tonight and then that's why they pulled him? I don't think he had it tonight. Brandon, five hits over an inning in two thirds. This, these are games that you must win. And to me, with the exception of maybe a couple, I mean, Logan, Logan Webb is pitching great right now. Um, Alex Wood, of course, yesterday. But just about everybody else on this team right now kind of feels um, very similar to me. Like, if you're, you're not – you don't need Anthony Desclafani to have this ridiculous day. You don't have to have him carry you six because there's enough talent – there's enough – talent that feels similar to what he's doing right now on this team is that you can make up for it or at least should be able to make up for it. You're right. And um, the giants who have already used, I think seven pitchers tonight and we're only through six innings of play uh, in the fourth inning, it was Harlan Garcia and Dominic Leone who come in uh they i believe it was leon who allows the mookie bets to run home run but uh walker bueller is able to get on base on an error by harlan garcia which uh 
you can't let happen. You can't let the pitcher get on, especially for the Dodgers to be able to flip the lineup over and have Mookie Betts up next, uh, who then hits a home run and makes it for nothing. Uh, that just can't happen, you know, and especially in a game where the Giants could have very easily. And look, it's 5-1 now after six innings. Giants can still come back. And if they do, this is going to look really stupid for me saying this, but there was nothing indicating that this game was going 100% to the Dodgers tonight. No, that's the thing. Is it, Why does this team is a, has a very good bullpen, has a very good lineup that's still going to continue to produce? Why does this game not feel like the Dodgers are in full control? It's felt like that since the top of the first. Like, I was feeling today, I was like, oh, yeah, like, that series is going five. Like, the Dodgers aren't losing tonight. And they're proving me right as of right now. And for this series to end up going back to San Francisco for game five, the Dodgers, look, I know how good the Giants have been. And for that to come down to game five, I would be very scared if I'm a Giants fan with the Dodgers having the momentum uh and it'll be who julio urias tomorrow night if the giants or if the dodgers win sounds right versus kevin gosman probably so yeah interesting um if we do yes it, the dodgers have announced it will be urias if there's a game five the giants have not announced a starting pitcher yet but i mean uh, the Logan Giants, Webb. maybe, yeah, I'd have to assume yeah, Logan was fantastic in that first game. He he really did and pitched good the whole year. Uh, one of the kind of underrated gems from this Giants pitching staff this year. Uh, and the Giants are a perfect example of a team that they just got internal improvement from everywhere. And, and, you know, and you make the trade for Chris Bryant, which was icing on the cake from from for everything else that you got. But the guys on this Giants team that have already been on the team and just stepped up this year, I mean, Brandon Crawford, a legitimate MVP, you know, ballot guy. Uh, Tommy LaStella hasn't been bad. Even guys like Buster Posey, who have stepped up huge. Mikey Yaz, I mean, that's our guy. But it's been the pitching staff that has carried this team, especially this, bullpen jake mcgee tyler rogers uh those guys are just filthy you watch them pitch you feel pretty good when they're on the mound especially last night where they're able to beat the dodgers this is gonna be one hell of a game five should it get to that i'm gonna have to assume it will the dodgers just brought in alex vesia uh but yeah other than that this is just it's been a great series. LJ, I was saying on my show yesterday, I don't think we've had a playoff game where I've been like bored during the game. And sure, playoff baseball is usually a pretty entertaining, but baseball can be a pretty boring sport sometimes. And we know that uh, the pace of play has not been good in a lot of these games, but that does not mean that even the casual fans Someone like my mom, who will watch Yankee games, but other than that, does not have a lot of interest in watching other random games. She has been tuned in to a lot of these playoff games and has been watching the whole thing and is genuinely entertained by the action in these games. It's just 
when the stakes are this high, the quality of baseball that we're getting is amazing. And this year's playoffs has just been incredible so far in terms of the quality of games we've been getting. Even the Astros White Sox game was a game for a little bit today, uh, especially through those first few innings. Even when the Astros went up two to one, we've seen how that White Sox uh, place can get, how that stadium can get. The home field advantage is just completely different. And I just, I just love watching playoff baseball, man. This is the absolute best. This is why we wait for October. Love it. It's all, it, it almost makes up for the game time. Actually, it really does make up for the game time. I joke, but. No, you, you're absolutely right. You, you are absolutely right. So shout out. I happen to be on the game one uh, Dodgers Giants thing. 239 was the time of play that night. Wow. And that was a four nothing game. Yep. Uh, yeah, that that's actually surprising to me. Uh, random thing that I was just looking at today on Baseball Reference is when when don't I find myself on this site? Uh, you know the two thousand five White Sox. I was looking at a couple of their games early in the year. They had a one hour and thirty nine minute game on April sixteenth with Mark Burley on the mound against the Mariners. And I checked. It was a nine-inning game. The White Sox won two to one. There was seven combined hits. Mark Burley literally just gets the ball in his glove and just throws it. And He is an inspiration. He really is. He also pitched on opening day for them that year, in which the White Sox won. That was an hour and 51 minutes in that game. Uh, fans, you know, I – I hope they weren't in the bathroom for too long or else you genuinely could have missed like three innings, three full innings. It's <laughs> <laughs> the way some of these lines go. Speaking of which, Brandon, now I don't remember, forgive me if I've already asked you about this on the show, but I do, I did have a question from the um, one of the Red Sox Yankees games I go to went mm. about Yankees culture. How often do you go into the bathroom at Yankee Stadium and find a bunch of guys basically doing a dick measuring contest about what part of the Bronx they're from? Because I kid you not, there was like five guys standing in a circle talking about what part of the Bronx they were in the middle of the Fenway restroom. During the game. During the game. You know, I can chalk a lot of that up to I'm sure the booze were flowing through them at that point. And we all know how people get, especially a confidence wise, when they've had quite a few in them. Uh, you know, I can't say I've experienced a lot of that, but <laughs> it's not surprising to me whatsoever that something like that would occur. Mostly when I'm at Yankee games, I end up with like quite possibly like the people who are least interested in baseball that sit around me. So most of the stuff that I'm talking about and like thinking about during the game goes right over their heads, like not even thinking about it. And it's like basic stuff too. They're just there to enjoy it. A lot of Yankee fans, you show up in the third inning and you leave in the seventh inning. And uh, it's just like a little like nice way to kill an hour and a half and have a couple drinks for them. Really there. There's not, <laughs> And sadly, that's what a lot of Dodgers games are too, believe it or not. These big I mean, cities, sure, the attendance is high, 
but so many fans just genuinely have no idea what is going on. But at the same time, as long as they're respectful and they're having fun. Absolutely. No, absolutely. But that's why at Yankee Stadium, the game will start and you'll be looking on TV and you're like, where the hell is everybody? And then it's the third inning. It's like, oh, there they are. They finally made it. Like, they and got you know, in. It's a shame because, like, I think everybody's used to it with the first rows behind the behind home plate because, you know, it's all the rich people. They don't care how much money they're spending to not watch the game. Um, or they're up in, like, some other – some dining establishment in the, in the place missing the first couple innings to eat. But there have been some games at Yankee Stadium where, like, half of the area surrounding, like, going up to the up to the dugouts on either side, like, is half empty. And it's, like, honestly, it's jarring, especially when it's a primetime game. Like, that, that can't be good for the Yankee brand. It's not good for any brand. And, look, I'm looking at attendance right now for 2021. In terms of uh, – Attendance per game, the Yankees finished behind the Cubs, Astros, Cardinals, Rangers. Rangers had the fourth highest attendance per game in the MLB. Brandon, they didn't, they weren't fully open until June. That's why the Rangers are so high, but the Dodgers are still first by a mile. They have 6,000 more fans attending. Explanation for that one per game. It's, I think the Dodgers do have the largest stadium, but still at that point, it's... Yeah, which, is it just me, or is that stadium way too big? Like, the field seems massive. Like, there have been some flat-out lasers hitting this series that I'm like, oh, that's out. That's out by a mile. And it ends up being not even a warning track line out. Kind of like Oakland A's vibes, almost. I don't know. The do- well, I mean, that, that, that uh, Gavin Lux won last night, that was the Gavin win. And then, that um, was the win that took that down, definitely. No, but there was a uh, Lamont Wade play tonight. That, that'll be the good suit play of the day. Um, because he just, he ran, I believe it was over 100 miles an hour off the bat. He ran it down over 60 feet to make the catch with the bases loaded with two outs over his shoulder. It, it was absolutely beautiful. I'm trying to remember who hit it. That's going to bug me. Uh, LJ, while you have, while you figure out that, uh, I have something for our non, non-MLB story of the day real quick. Okay. Uh, the Seattle Kraken, their first ever NHL oh. game. Uh, they're currently trailing three to two at the end of the second period to the Vegas Golden Knights, but – uh, Seattle has a hockey team, LJ. It's amazing. You know, for, for a city that really does care about all their sports teams, we see how big the Seattle Seahawks fan base is. And that was actually one of the worst throws I've ever seen in this Dodgers game right here um, by Corey Seager. But um, we see how big the fan base is in the Seattle area. We see how they get together uh, for the baseball team, especially this summer, hockey fans genuinely seem to be some of the most dedicated people I've, I've ever met. Like if you're a hockey fan, you're really a hockey fan and you are into it. 
the Seattle hockey fans, that atmosphere and look, they haven't even played a home game yet, but I saw some pictures of like what it's like at the bars in Seattle tonight for the people watching the game. Those people are already so invested. And I just love that. It's it. That's that's why we watch sports is for that kind of stuff. And it's great. Look, this very easily is going to be the era of Seattle. It would not shock me because the vast majority of these, or at least, all right, maybe not the vast majority, but particularly with the success of the Golden Knights a couple of years ago, there is a clear path where the Kraken are relevant right from the get-go. Seattle Mariners, very close, knocking on the door to being very, very relevant in this league for the next several years. The Seahawks you've got here, you're basically going to be watching this generation's Drew Brees for the next five, at least five, six years. So there's so much love, and that's without even the speculation of whenever the NBA decides to expand. That's the first place. They have already said that's where they're going next. So there's there's a chance within five-ish years, this is one of the major sports towns in the world. And it's certainly a place I would love to get to one day, not only to see a baseball game, but just the city in general seems like a really fun place to be in. That park is beautiful. It absolutely is. Uh, I would love to get to a couple more stadiums next year. Unfortunately, with COVID and everything, I was unable to get to any other stadiums than Yankee and Fenway this year, but hopefully I can get to a couple of them next year. Uh, Maybe if the Rays end up playing games in Montreal. Um, I mean, it's not a far drive from from a where we live whatsoever. So I'd love to get up there and see that. But just in general, uh, yeah, you're right, LJ. This could be the absolute uh, age of Seattle here in the 2020s. But um, was there anything else you add tonight or are we good? I'm all set. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Check us out. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at MLB Daily Pod. We will see you tomorrow, unless the Giants win, then maybe Thursday. Have a good one. Thursday. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup, so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Bakers, fresh for everyone.